Welcome to the You Can Tell the Children podcast, a place where sharing God's word with the next generation in your circle of influence can be simple, easy, and fun. We know that intentionally teaching children about God and the relevancy of His word will be a game changer in their homes, schools, and communities. This podcast is a ministry of Bible to School, experts in engaging children with the Word of God. Together, we will make sure that you can tell the children about the love of Jesus. Ready, set, let's go. Welcome back, friends, to the You Can Tell the Children podcast, a ministry of Bible to School. I'm your host, Meredith Steidler, and this is episode 112. Today's guest has been a Christian for most of his life. However, he says it wasn't until his 30s that his heart and head connected, and he learned to surrender his days and follow God's calling over his life rather than his own desires. I'm super excited to introduce Billy Hollowell, a journalist and host with CBN News, which is the Christian Broadcasting Network, and Faithwire. His story of serving God where he's called is inspirational and will encourage you in your own journey. Don't forget today to connect with us while you're on Facebook or Instagram. You'll also find us at Bible to School on YouTube. Be sure to share what you see and hear with your friends. It's such an easy way to encourage others and spread the good news of Jesus during your day. Speaking of which, did you know that there are over 100 Bible to School classes teaching the Word of God to elementary age children during their public school day? Yeah, you heard that right. 100 classes. And you can be the spark to make that happen in your community. To learn more, head on over to our website, BibleToSchool.com. That's Bible2School.com. Are you ready to hear how you can equip the kids in your life to serve God wherever he calls them? Let's join Billy and Corey's conversation now. Well, hi, Billy. Welcome to You Can Tell the Children podcast. Well, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Sure. I, you are a friend of mine. We've gotten to know each other a bit uh, through some interviews I've done with you on with CBN and just a couple different things that we're working on together. But we just want to know a lot of interesting things that you've done in your life, but having to do with children. So would you please tell us a little bit about yourself first and your family? Yeah. So I am a husband and a father of two. I've got a, an eight-year-old. She just turned eight and my other kid just turned 11. And so we're kind of, we're kind of in the throes of that middle yes. school. You know, the older one just got to middle school. And, you know, my day job, what I do is I work for CBN News. I'm a digital host. You know, we do podcasting and videos and we have some TV shows we do, but all through obviously a Christian lens and really telling people's stories. And so that's what I've been blessed to do is kind of just have a, do- a job where I I talk. And so you know, it's a lot of fun talking and writing. And I'm really just communicating God's truth through people's stories. And so that has been not necessarily the journey that I thought I was going to be on, but an amazing uh, journey. And I'm, I'm so blessed by it. Wow. Can you share a little bit about your background, your faith journey? You know, how, how did you get started with love, you know, caring about and and believing in Jesus. Yeah, that, you know, it's so interesting because now when I look back, you know, I grew up in the church, going to church every week. And, you know, you hit that point where, you know, you're 
their faith has to be your own. And I think this is a struggle for a lot of parents. It's something I think about a lot because you raise your kids, you bring them to church, you do all the things you're supposed to do, and you really hope that that's all going to pay off. You know, scripture tells us you raise you know, a child up the right way that they won't depart from it. And, you know, we live in a chaotic culture. For me, I grew up going to church, but I kind of had the gospel in my mind, but not really in my heart. And I think a lot of people can relate mm-hmm. to this when you grow up, you know, going to church. And so I thought my parents are Christians, I'm a Christian, and it really took a series of mistakes and sort of living life in, in college, which I, college is a scary time for a lot of parents when they send their kids away, for me to really recalibrate. And then to be honest, it wasn't until, again, and I would have considered myself a Christian the whole time, but until I got right. into my 30s, and I'm about to be 40, that I really started to connect the head and the heart, right? And it became, wow. so I was blessed to, to have that that upbringing, but it really was a journey to getting to this place of giving it up to God and following what he wanted rather than just what I wanted. Wow, that's, I'm, I'm the same way. I, I definitely, the head and the heart, got to align them. And I did that when I was in my 20s. So, but still on a journey like you. But you're in a field that is, Interesting. I mean, you're in journalism, like you said, digital media, news reporting. I mean, it's a difficult field right now. It's a nobody trusts anybody. Um, but <laughs> when did you recognize your love for journalism? When did that start? This is the thing that I think is a little shocking to me. I was just reflecting on it because you know, turning 40 and thinking back to when did I actually start? And it sounds almost funny because when I was when I was really young, when I was in elementary school, I wanted to create magazines and newspapers. You know, kids <laughs> do all sorts of things, but but I think God was already putting this into, into my heart and my mind that this was going to be something that I was going to be doing. I always knew that I wanted, and I had never been to New York City, but I knew that's where the media were and that I wanted to right. go there. And I don't know why I felt that way. Nobody ever said, here's New York City. It's so great. Again, I had never visited it, but I I just knew. And that's where I ended up going to college and studying journalism. But that journey for me, when the Columbine shooting happened, I was a freshman in high school at that point in 1999. And I just remember being so shaken by that event. And so here I am, I'm 15 years old. I was homesick that day. And so I'm watching it on the news and I'm thinking to myself, what could I do to prevent something like that from happening at my high school? Right. And little did I know we were going to have, we were going to have shooting after shooting after shooting after that. But I went on Mm -hmm. a journey and it's so funny. I look back now because here I am, I knew nothing, but yet I wanted to have a TV show. I was like, what if we did a teenage TV show where we addressed, you know, this topic and you know, so I was meeting with producers and trying to, with no knowledge, sort of make this thing happen. And you're meeting with producers in high school. Well, I was meeting with local, there was a local action and an Emmy winning producer who she was just intrigued. Like, what is this 15 year old trying to do? And so she would meet with my mom and my dad and I, and we would talk and, you know, we needed funding. I didn't have the funding. So long story short, the recommendation was, why don't you create a website? This is like early internet, right? You know, why don't you create a website for teenagers? And so I did, it was called Teen Web Online. And Teen Web had anti-violence, you know, school violence, anti-discrimination, treat one another well, you know, it was a website for for young people. And I, and I started doing interviews and I started writing. And that was really the end. So very literally, I started doing media projects at 15 years old and never stopped. And that was really... Just I was writing a column by the time I was 18. God just kept 
sort of throwing these opportunities in. And then I went to school for journalism. So I won't bore you with every other detail, but it was really you know that event, that Columbine event that sparked mm-hmm. me thinking more of how could I get involved and try to do something positive. Yeah. And I just saw recently you did, I guess it was the 20-year anniversary, you did an After Columbine on Pure Flix. Is that right? Did. Yeah. We had a, we had a series called After Columbine. And, you know, what, what was interesting about that is I ended up connecting with Columbine survivors when we were teenagers, you know, so right after this happened and we are still close friends today and we Hmm. revisited, we revisited what happened and, and tackled issues like faith. Where were the survivors, some of them on faith? Where were they on forgiveness, right? These are elements that don't, everyone's fighting about the second amendment. Nobody's talking about what happens to somebody's life 20 years later, right? After an event like that. And so that was important from a faith perspective, especially to look at. And I was blessed to be able to go and we spent some time in Littleton and, you know, spent some time with those, with those survivors and and were able to get their story. And that's the kind of thing that, you know, God brings things full circles was really amazing to be a part of. We had Crystal Woodman Miller on our show already. She's also a Columbine survivor and she talks, she goes and speaks around the country. And, and yeah, it was quite a, quite an impact. It's, it's as a young man is connecting with that. That sounds like that God was guiding you. Would you, would you say God was guiding you in your journey on this? Um, was it difficult to know which path to take or was it kind of easy to watch him open doors? You know, he was opening doors. I think the thing I wasn't doing was connecting the dots, right? We go back to that head and that heart, connecting the dots between what matters most. And and for parents, I think this is something, you know, advice, and it's something I'm trying to follow as a parent. My parents were amazing. They brought me to church. But I think one thing, and they did tell me this, I'm sure, but maybe I needed to hear it more or experience it in a different way, was that what I wanted, my goals, my aspirations, the things I wanted to achieve, those things couldn't be the primary. And yet I kind Mm -hmm. of was, that was my primary, right? Where do I want to be? I want to be a famous journalist, or I want to be this, or I I want to Mm -hmm. build this career. And so God was opening all these doors and God knows what he's doing, right? He knows that you're going to wisen up and smarten up at some point and realize it's not all about you. And Mm -hmm. so a lot of those steps, it really, I had to kind of walk through that journey of recognizing, wait a minute, if God gives you this platform, you have to use that platform for him, not for yourself. And so I just want to bring that up. And I try with my kids to all the time, talk to them about following God's path for your life. No matter what you think, no matter what you feel, those things happen. You're going to have feelings and thoughts and perspectives, and it's great to have goals, but how does that line up with what God wants? And so once I was able to get those things together, it was really incredible to see what what God did through that. Yeah, that's important as we're we're talking about serving God where you are, where he puts you. I mean, we do this as adults, we're talking about it, but also guiding children that way too. They have a platform too. You know, they have a mission field too. And the public school is a mission field, not just for us as Bible to school going in or or, or you as well. It is a, a mission field for the kids as well. So it's, it's so cool to see God using you at all different ages in your life and guiding you toward this journalism track you're on. Now, did, did your kids attend public school or private school or how, do, how does that work? Yeah, you know, we are in public school. And so it is interesting because you know this better than anybody, the discussions and the debates that go around surrounding homeschool, private school, public school, but our kids are in public school and we live in New York. We live outside of New York City and it's a very progressive state, obviously. And and I say progressive, meaning in terms of theology, but also politics, you know, 
this is not a, it's a secular area. That's mm-hmm. probably a better word to use. And mm-hmm. so, you know, with that come a lot of discussions and concerns, but we have been in the public school system outside of pre-K entire time. And my oldest is in sixth grade right now. And your wife's a public school teacher as well, right? She is a public school teacher in New York City. And in fact, my sister-in-law is a public school teacher. My brother-in-law is a public school teacher. Wow. Um, and my mother-in-law was a public school teacher. And so, and I have taught actually at a public community college and also private colleges here in New York. So we've kind of hit every part of the education sphere in, <laughs> in some way, which has been interesting. Cool. Well, how thankful have you been for the public school system? I know we've talked about this offline that, you know, private school, public school, homeschooling, these are choices that parents have. But my answer to that is, what's the right answer? It's the parent. The parent is the right one. Whatever is right for your child, that's the right answer. Because parents are know their kids and they know what's best for their kids. But what would your answer be to that? Because, I mean, you've interviewed proponents of all three. Yeah. I often hear, let me start with the thing that concerns me. There's two things that concern me. The first thing that concerns me is some of the things we do see that happen in public schools, right? And I think these cultural things that that are going on, you know, we just watched a man, a football coach, you know, last year fight all the way to the Supreme Court almost a decade over whether or not he could pray at the 50 yard line after a game. And that Supreme Court case, obviously, was very interesting, and it dealt with a lot of issues with schools and what should go on. And that was going on at the same time a lot of other issues are being discussed in schools and, you know, before school boards and being pushed on kids that make parents uncomfortable. And so you think to yourself, gosh, prayer was so controversial that we had a Supreme Court case, but yet these other issues are are okay. That doesn't make sense. And so there is an element there that's not happening in every school. It's not happening in every class, but it is happening. And that concerns me. But the other concern that I have is the idea that, and you you were sort of speaking to this just now, that every parent absolutely has to homeschool their kids or they're a, a bad parent and they're putting their kids in danger, you know? And I understand where that perspective does come from. I, I do. I, I sympathize with that perspective because of the first issue, right? We know this is going on. We know these issues are pervasive. My sixth grader has come home and told me a number of things already this year that have made me uncomfortable. And so these things happen. But I think we have to we have to have that balance of understanding that people, every Christian has a relationship with the Lord and they're praying and they're doing what they believe God is leading them to do that is best for their kids. So I know that's a longer answer than maybe you wanted, but I, I do think we have to weigh those two things and be realistic about both of them and understand and you know this as well better than anybody, at the end of the day, we can tell everybody to homeschool, but the majority of kids in this country are going to be in the public school system. That's just the way that it is. And public schools are never going to go away. They may change and hopefully we can make them better, but they're never going to go away. Do you believe we can serve God in all these spaces? I do. Now, I know for a fact, because I've interviewed many people and, and their friends, and I love them dearly, who will say, by saying that the public schools are a mission field for kids, your your kids are not equipped for that. They're too young and you're putting them at risk. I think where I, I, I sympathize and understand that, and I think we have to weigh that, but at the same time, turn on the news. We are living in an insane culture that is only going to get more insane. And so at some point, those kids are going to be out in that world, whether you homeschool them, whether you put them through private school, yes, they'll be, they won't be maybe put in front of as advanced topics as they are in some of the public schools, but they're still going to deal with those issues in the real world. So I do think to me, the better area of focus is equipping them 
to be able to go into any environment, public, private, homeschool, because guess what? Not everybody in homeschooling is Christian either, right? So I think we have to weigh that too. As, as education is shifting and changing and there are more people homeschooling, it may not be a homogeneous you know, population. And so we have to prepare our kids. We are seeing stats and numbers. George Barna, if you look at his research, that show not only do only 4% of Americans have a biblical worldview, children and parents of children, it's even lower than that. And so the, the real crisis point to me is not so much, okay, the environment that they're in. It's are they prepared to be in these environments? And are we doing the job as Christian parents to equip them for that? Does that does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And and with Bible to school, that's what our heart is, is to equip kids. And here you can tell the children to equip parents and aunts and uncles and grandparents, not just parents. Let's pause right now and take a question from one of our Bible to school kids. Does God still forgive us? One of my favorite memory verses at Bible to School is from Hebrews 13:8, which reads, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Our children can be assured that the God who forgave Jonah and gave him a second chance is the same God today who will forgive us and give us a second chance. What a comfort it is to know that in the middle of a change or uncertainty is our God who always keeps his promises. And that's what leads into my next question. How equipped did you feel going into your mission field of, the, of journalism? I mean, were you in secular? To tell us a little bit about your journey there, were you in secular places? Were you all in Christian places? How did your faith prepare you for serving where you were? Yeah, you know, it's interesting because when I was when I was in school for journalism, I was traveling around speaking, still doing the teen web stuff. You know, I was kind of transitioning into my 20s. And, you know, I sort of had my faith over here and then my journalism over here. And I wasn't connecting the dots that what I believed or thought about the world, maybe even politically in other ways, didn't necessarily line up with the people that I was going to be working with or dealing with. And so it was interesting because I started, you know, I'm trained as a journalist. I know how to do journalism. I've done it. I do it professionally. At the same time, I was doing a lot of commentary, which is a different thing where you're going out and talking about political and cultural issues from a perspective. And I've always been able to separate those two things out. If somebody says to me, you need to cover this issue fairly, I'm trained to do that. And I can do that. If somebody is asking my perspective on something, I can give that. And I don't think there needs to be a conflict. If people know where you stand, there doesn't need to be a conflict there. And so I started actually writing on different topics, but then I started doing Fox News every week. I'd go to Fox News online. It used to be called the Strategy Room before Fox Nation years ago. And so I had a weekly hit every week. I would go and I'd go on TV and I'd talk about issues. I would debate people. I would, you know, I'd went on Hannity's show. I would do Fox and Friends occasionally. And so over the years, I would do that. And so that that is secular. It's more conservative, but it, it's secular. And, you know, and then I started working for The Blaze. I was the faith editor at The Blaze. And that was a real turning point because The, Bla the Blaze is, is a political and news site. And there were two positions open when they were going to hire me, an evening editor or the faith editor. And I thought, well, I've been a Christian my whole life. I don't want to work at night. And this was God again, you know, preparing yeah. me. I'm going to take that faith role. And it was one of the best things that I, that I ever did. I mean, I just, we were able to tell so many important faith, you know, Christian stories of what was happening and what is happening in this country. And so, you know, I really, from there stayed in the, in the faith realm. And that's where I've been. I've 
gone on all sorts of different outlets on both sides of the spectrum, but have been really blessed to be in that world. Well, that's what I love about your reporting and and what you do is you bring out the good stories as well as, I mean, I know you got to report on the, the tough stuff as well, but the happy stories, the God stories that we call a Bible to school, how much joy do you get out of that? What happens when you, when you put those things together? Yeah, you know, it brings me a lot of joy because in the beginning, you know, when I was working even at The Blaze, you know, I would cover a lot of heavier things. And I think the world right now is inundated with negative news and the world is very negative. There's a lot of terrible things happening. And at the same time, we're watching 4,200 people get baptized on a beach in California at one time. We're watching college students spontaneously hold baptisms. We're seeing these pockets of spiritual revolution unfolding. And so to be able to cover that and talk about it, I think there's a lot of good. Good always outshines evil. The light always outshines the darkness, even when it feels like the darkness is winning. And I think right now, a lot of a lot of believers are, you know, we're watching this happen and we're saying, okay, it's very dark. But, but I get a lot of joy out of finding those moments because there are a lot of them out there and getting to bring that to people because I think we need that encouragement to remember at the end of the day, and there are different theologies out there about what happens at the end of days. But at the end of the day, I do think things are going to get worse, but we know who wins the battle. And you look we back, do. look in scripture at the early church, what they faced was so horrific. It's so much worse than anything we're even facing right now. And that's not to dismiss the things that are going on, but it's just to say context is key. We know who wins. We know how the story ends. And so being able to, to focus on that is really, is really powerful and, and it's a blessing. Well, we really appreciate what you do, Billy. I mean, it just seems apparent you've effectively served God wherever you were called since you're 15. How would you encourage our listeners to do, do the same? Because parents, we're talking to parents and, and adults, you know, how would you serve to God where you are? But they're teaching their kids how to serve God where they are as well. So how would you how, how would you encourage them? Yeah, you know, I think really building a biblical worldview. You know, we use this terminology a lot, but I think the key to a biblical worldview in so many ways is obviously understanding the gospel, but understanding our place in the world and our purpose. If our purpose is not clear, if we're not understanding why are we here, what does God have for us, we're all over the place. We're meandering, whether we're kids or whether we're adults. But I think building that, and it kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier, you know, building that in our kids, making sure they really understand that their thoughts and their feelings are not the end all be all. You know, we this is not, we're not living in some giant safe space where anything you think and feel is reality. That's not how life works. That's what culture is telling us. And I think we can really go down the wrong path when we embrace those lies of the enemy that we get to choose what's right or wrong, that we get to, you know, make our own path in life. Whereas when we are focused on what our purpose is, we make the right decisions and we choose the right friends and our kids end up where they're supposed to be. And so for me, that's a big mission with my kids. I think if we all did a better job of trying to teach that, we would even realize where we are off path in our own lives as, as adults. And so, you know, it's it's about being daily in the in the word, reading scripture with our kids, helping them, helping them make sense. I mean, I think about how confusing it was for me as a kid with the things that were going on. Right now, being a kid is probably more confusing than it's been in a number of lifetimes that, in this country. And so we just need to prepare them and point them to him. I think that is that is the key. And it's such a simple solution that I think a lot of us overlook. Do you have a life verse or a scripture that you hold close into your heart or that you share with your kids? 
Yeah, it's funny because there there are probably like 30 verses that everybody knows, right? And they're the ones that, right. and, and this is one of those verses. It's, you know, Proverbs 3, 5 to 6. And you know, I pulled up the NIV here because I, I love all versions of it. But this one, you know, trust in the Lord with all your heart, right? This is the, the centerpiece of what we're talking about. And lean not on your own understanding. And then it goes on to say in verse 6, and all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. And I think that is the core. It points you towards the gospel, obviously, embracing that truth not leaning on our own understanding because every time something goes wrong in life, usually when it's in my control, it's because I have leaned on my own understanding. And that's what we want to, I think, pull our kids back from as much as we can. Right. Because it's our natural tendency that we want to control it. I was working with you. um, You had connected me with the Washington Times. I just wrote an article about giving kids your God confidence, not self-confidence, which is exactly what you're talking about. You want to give them uh, the, the word of God is where it's at. There are there resources that you have for our listeners that might be helpful to them as we all try to pick through what is, where's a good place to get our news? Where's a good place to find stories of light where God is working? And where, where, where would you take us to? Yeah, I mean, I would tell people cbnnews.com. Um, you know, we have amazing daily content through a Christian lens. And one thing that we do every day 7 a.m. is the Quick Start Podcast. You can subscribe wherever podcasts are heard. And that is, it's usually about 20 minutes or less. It's inter, It's an interview with somebody interesting, all through a Christian lens, but also the headlines. What's going on? What do, what do believers need to know about? And so we do that show every day and we cover pretty much all the big things. So, you know, I always tell people, listen to that. I know we're busy. You know, we some people avoid the news altogether because it's so negative, but we cover everything there, the positive. Yes, we have to cover some of the negative, but we do it in a way that, you know, brings people the truth. And we close every episode with a Bible verse and a scripture. So it's uh, it's just oh, a blessing like to be able to do that. I like that a lot, Billy. I do. <laughs> well, will you close us in prayer, please? And thanks for Absolutely. being with us. Absolutely. Dear Lord, we just thank you for this conversation today. And I pray for anyone listening, Lord, that, you know, if they have children or grandchildren or a child in their life, that you would just give them the courage, the knowledge, the information they need to guide those children in the right direction toward you, that you would help all of us, Lord, to just keep our focus on you when we get off path to bring us back on path, Lord. And we pray for our schools and and we pray for Bible to school and the amazing work they're doing in the public schools, Lord, that you would just continue to bring new schools in and bring students the truth that they need to discover you and, and also educators and teachers as well, Lord. We thank you for this time. In your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. I love how even though Billy didn't connect all the dots early on in his journey, God still used him mightily along the way, wherever he was. Billy's advice is so simple yet true. We can prepare our children for whatever environment they're in by pointing them to Jesus. And the best news he shared is this. We know how the story ends. The light will always outshine the darkness every single time. Our God is so good to us and we can trust him with our stories. Billy mentioned a podcast he hosts and he's the author of several books, including a devotional you can find on the Bible app. So to find links to this information and more, you'll want to check out our show notes at Bible the number two school.com. While you're on our website, go ahead and subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode. And I'll meet you right back here next week, where you'll get to hear from my friend, Christine Vallis, who will give us some awesome insights into Noah's Ark in real time. Until then, 
drink some hot cider with your family, and remember, you can tell them and everyone you know about the love of Jesus.